Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that defun or impoverish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. I want to begin by... I think a good way to characterize the stories we begin with today is to lay out to you why I'm a person who believes in small government, in limited government. One of the things that I continue to see, I don't know about you, you may disagree with me, but I continue to see so many manifestations of incompetence of malfeasance, of corruption. I don't want the government in charge of anything else. You know, one of the qualifications for somebody to take on new responsibilities, new power, new authority, new titles, new positions, ideally you see somebody who's doing a job and you're impressed because... You see a job well done, and you know, this person should take on more. Do you see evidences that that is the case with our federal government? How many times do you shake your head and you ask yourself the question, how in the world did this person get that job? It's mind-boggling. So this is one of the reasons why I think there are things that the federal government, the things the federal government does, should be very limited. And what's really interesting, so many of these big government people want to take on so many responsibilities for things that are really not their business. But... When the crap hits the fan, they are the first to back away and tell you they don't have answers, they don't have solutions, or they may not even talk to you at all. This is the state of American government right now. It's absolutely disturbing to watch. Very disturbing to watch. Which is why there needs to be a concerted effort to take power away from Washington, D.C. and leave as much as possible in the hands of the states and of you. The states and the people. Now there are things the federal government is responsible for like national security. And it's disturbing to see some genuine national security concerns. See, this is what's crazy. The government doesn't focus on what it's supposed to do, like dealing with protecting us and guaranteeing as much as possible our security, securing our border. They aren't doing those things well. The few things they are responsible for, but they're wanting to get involved and micromanage things that are frankly none of their business, like your finances. They want more and more access to your finances, which is why they want to move more and more away from cash so they can monitor what you are doing. It's none of their business. And yet we see time after time examples examples of the federal government not carrying out its responsibilities. 
Let's talk about what's going on right now in my former home state of Ohio. We haven't talked about this much. The train derailment. This community, East Palestine, these poor folks, there's no way to imagine what's going through their minds right now. Right now, there's a lot of anger at the president and Pete Buttigieg, who seems to be, let's just say, uh, AWOL on so many of the things that have affected issues of transportation. But what we have is a chemical disaster right now in this community. And there's not a lot of direction or insight to help these poor folks. Devastating consequences from this train derailment in Ohio still coming into focus. 11 days after toxic chemicals sparked a massive fire and forced thousands to evacuate. 50 train cars derailed in this town February 3rd. 20 of them with hazardous substances. More than 2,000 residents evacuated in the aftermath of the derailment have since returned home. I don't know about you. How comfortable would you feel going home? But the ecological fallout continues to unfold with reports of people falling ill and animals dropping dead. New data released by transport company Norfolk Southern revealed the train was carrying more chemicals than initially reported. They were most concerned about a vinyl chloride, a volatile colorless gas. The new data shows the train was carrying several other dangerous chemicals, including a carcinogen. Calls for action from local leaders up to President Joe Biden continue to mount as the full extent of the disaster grows. Officials have since confirmed that chemicals from the derailment have seeped into the Ohio River Basin, potentially affecting 25 million people. This is pretty scary. By the way, the NTSB has released its preliminary findings after investigating the train derailment. They identified and examined the rail car that initiated the derailment. Surveillance video from a resident showed what appears to be a wheel bearing in the final stage of overheat failure moments before the derailment. The wheel set from the suspected rail car has been collected as evidence for metallurgical examination. The suspected overheated wheel bearing has been collected and will be examined by engineers from the NTSB Materials Laboratory in Washington, D.C. Right now, those tank cars are being decontaminated. Once that process is complete, NTSB investigators will return to Ohio to complete a thorough investigation of the tank cars. The vinyl chloride tank car fittings including the relief valves were moved, secured in a locked intermodal container pending an NTSB examination. And once the fittings are examined, they'll be shipped to Texas for testing. But this is pretty disturbing. And it's kind of interesting. <laughs> the comment from one citizen... Apparently, some of the U.S. take a wandering civilian balloon as a big threat, while the explosive train derailment and toxic chemical leak, not. Hashtag Ohio Chernobyl. My goodness. She also mocked the arrest of News Nation journalist Evan Lambert, asking if this was an example of the freedom of the press guaranteed in the U.S. Constitution. Boy, Americans are rising up. In outrage, and justifiably so. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance also facing criticism for taking 10 days to issue a statement about the train derailment that forced thousands of residents to flee their homes. What is the real impact here? We'll talk more as we continue. Stay with us. 
Wow, the text line is scrolling away this morning. Where do we begin? At a place that is safe. Vince, we live on a lake in the upstate that is our county's drinking water. And there are fishing tournaments. I wonder if this toxic wind from Ohio headed our way will poison our lake. I don't think there's too much to be concerned about there. Vince, the train derailment in Ohio shows why we can't trust the federal government. And they say 70% of the voters are Republican in this area. What do you think? I'm definitely with you on not trusting the government. Vince, you should have seen the interviews with residents. They were raising the question, where's the climate czar? John Kerry. (laughs) He's too busy hobnobbing with all of these celebrities, well-to-do people. Virtue signaling. That's all these folks do. Where's the train conductor? Did he survive? Why is he not being interviewed? I'm sure they will talk to him if he indeed survived. <sighs> this person's suspicious of anything sent to Washington for investigation. Democrats, this person actually says, Democrats hate clean water. Remember Flint, Michigan? Vince, how is a failed wheel bearing the fault of Joe Biden? Your hate for Democrats is all too palpable. Give me a freaking break. Nobody's blaming him for the derailment. But if you're going to have, let me just say this, so everybody can hear, okay? Uh, Let me give some of you who are kind of slow a little bit of time to clean out your ears so I can declare very clearly what my position is on this and why the context that I gave before I started talking about this incident. Okay? If you're going to assume power and authority and control, you need to assume all of it, which means if you have an incident like this and the federal government loves to helicopter in and tell us how we've got all of this under control, you darn well freaking better take control and tell the people involved what is going on. That's what I'm saying. Not blaming them for the incident. But if you have people who are looking for answers and you're the know-it-all who wants to control everything, including all the information, get your ass out there and do your freaking job. Is that asking too much? You want power? You want authority? You want titles? You want positions? Then go do the job. If you don't want to do the job, shut down the freaking department. This is not complicated, folks. (laughs) This texture said, didn't you love the Ohio governor's comment about, we're following the science. That phrase is never going to feel the same, is it? We're following the science, but we don't know what the science is. Look on the bright side. Next time it rains, everyone in Ohio who has insurance will get their cars repainted. (laughs) Goodness, that is so terrible. Vince, it's definitely past time to start a MAGSA movement. It means make our government small again. We'll see the government is good for nothing, except for taking more and more of our money and seizing more control. Out with the MAGA, in with the MAGSA. You know, Jeff, I think that gets text of the day. And, and Jeff, I think I've communicated to you... This, to me, is number one, campaign issue number one. It is number one. What are you going to do to reduce the size of government? Period. And really, the second question should be, if you've been in office, what have you done to reduce the size of government? Because if this is not a priority for you, and you've not proven to be a person moving in that direction in the past... I don't think you can be trusted in the future. And I think especially if you've had executive power in some form and you've not done anything about big government in the past, uh, no. Next. Move on to the next person.
I'm serious about this. This texture, one of my favorite hobbies is to stand trackside and watch trains go by. Should I be rethinking this hobby? <sighs> Going back to what I said earlier, the train derailment, another reason to not trust our government at all. They've been lying to us about a lot of stuff. Yes, this is what they do. Oh, this is great. Everyone wants to be in charge. No one wants to be responsible. This is what happens when capable statesmen are excoriated by the so-called press. And the only candidates for public office that voters are presented with are overconfident, underqualified, egocentric politicians. Wow. Whatever happened to the buck stops here? You know, that may have become text of the day. You've hit it right on the head. People want to be in charge. They don't want to be responsible. We've watched Chernobyl again. We've always talked about our government would do the same, and people are crazy if they don't think so. Yeah. Vince, you Republicans are pitiful. You want to reduce regulations, eliminate regulations, and the minute there's an oil spill, train derailment, or chemicals get into the water, it's big government's fault. What hypocrites? This was a private business and their responsibility. No, it's not at this point. That is absolutely not true. Now, the railroad property is private, private property. But this is now a federal incident for all practical purposes. That's the point that I'm making. In the midst of this crisis, it is time to start dealing with responsibility. That is what this is all about. Coming up, we'll talk about the ongoing uh, hunt for balloons and other nonsense. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. And over on that text line, this texter in terms of blame, Vince, maybe it's Warren Buffett. Maybe it's his fault. He owns a large majority of the tank cars in America. In regards to the text, who said Biden is responsible for a faulty bearing. If the bearing was manufactured, installed, or subject to maintenance by a company that hires based on equity as opposed to merit, or then indirectly, if he promotes and supports these policies, he's responsible. All accidents, like the one... In Palestine, Ohio, always caused by human error, which is lessened by having standards and then hiring based on those standards alone. Hmm. We also have this. Good morning, Vince. Just texting. Say I'm loving your energy this morning. Could be the most passionate I've ever heard you. I love it. Have a good day, man. Well, well thank you. Wow. The most passionate. That's quite a statement. So, you heard that person who made the reference to the crisis they're facing in Ohio. In fact, I think it bears repeating. Because, again, it goes back to what Rush has communicated so many times about the drive-by media. And they love things they can just continue to beat a drum on. And sometimes their priorities are a little bit out of whack. I'm just saying. Some of this is the media, but also some of this is a question of prioritization by our federal government that is very good at straining at gnats and swallowing camels. They're very good at it. I want to go back to that quote. Where was that quote? From a person who lives in the area. Oh, 
this is kind of interesting. Um, I am not able to find that again. Oh, there it is. Apparently, some of the U.S. take a wandering civilian balloon as a big threat, while the explosive train derailment and toxic chemical leak not. Hashtag Ohio Chernobyl. Yee. Speaking of balloons, high-flying objects, it was this time yesterday when I was telling you about the briefing that members of the U.S. Senate were getting on these objects, several of which were shot down over the past few days. One of the messages that has emerged from that briefing has been summed up in one word. And that word is confusion. In fact, that is the title of an article by The Hill. Confusion abounds on UFO origins. Did you ever think, I've always been fascinated by UFOs. I go back to the 70s. I used to watch the show. I think it was called um, Project Blue Book. Do you remember that show? Where they had these people going around and investigating reports of UFOs. I love that show. I was always intrigued by this. Never in a million years would I imagine there would be a news story. Confusion abounds on UFO origins. Really? It's still unclear what exactly the three unidentified flying objects shot down over U.S. and Canadian airspace over the weekend were, and government officials are giving conflicting answers. The White House has a new leading theory on the origins of the UFOs. They were tied to some commercial or benign purpose. The Biden administration also made clear there's no connection, no known connection of the latest objects to China which sent a massive spy balloon across the U.S. earlier this month. Senators left a classified briefing with very few answers to their questions. Our own senator here in North Carolina, Tom Tillis, questioned why a company didn't come forward to claim the objects if they were commercial and noted the objects are still unidentified. They're not at a stage where they're going to categorically identify them. Their balloons, blimps, a number of things. Representative Adam Smith of Washington, the ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee, also questioned the theory of commercial objects in an interview with The Hill. Balloons are launched for a whole lot of different reasons, but if you're launching them for a legitimate reason, most of the time somebody knows about it, and nobody has claimed them. So it seems distinctly possible these things were up there for illegitimate reasons. Meanwhile, crews are working hard to recover the debris from the three UFOs shot down over Alaska, the Yukon in northwest Canada, and Lake Huron in Michigan. One of the people who listened to that briefing yesterday, one of my favorite senators, a person I consider a friend, Mike Lee. We have a couple of clips from Mike Lee. He made an appearance this morning on the Glenn Beck program. I want you to listen carefully to what he had to say, because one of the points he brought out, and this is, remember, we brought this up on this program. How many of you would like to see visuals of what these things are before they're blown out of the sky? You know there has to be videos somewhere. Well, you would think, if you're going to show those visuals to anybody... How about two U.S. Senators? Um, how about not? They not? They saw no such thing. Here's Mike Lee talking about the fact that there were no visuals presented. We repeatedly asked them about that. Can you show us anything by way of photographic uh, documentation of a, a video footage, anything like that? They said, yeah, we've got some that really isn't useful because the objects are so small, so far away that the resolution doesn't really do anything for us. Then why would we like shoot them down? The picture. It's an excellent question. Uh, so we, 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 sh- we shot them down, not knowing what they were, just based on their altitude. We just knew that they were there. But I, I, I still can't fathom why it made sense to scramble fighter jets, shoot missiles at them, bring them down, 
when we have no idea what they are. Okay, so uh, they're they're well, apparently not that concerned about it, or else uh, they'd be frantic, and they're not that. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? On so many levels. So one of the questions Mike Lee raised: Why not use different aircraft rather than these fighter jets? Aircraft with the ability to actually view what these objects are. This is not complicated, ladies and gentlemen. Not complicated at all. We're going to talk about the other subject addressed here, and that is that Chinese balloon. And I love the way Mike Lee summed this up. We're going to get to that and much more. And another theory that is floating out there about this being a distraction away from something else going on elsewhere in the world. We'll deal with that as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. All right, before the broadcast, I told you about Mike Lee and others going to this hearing to get some classified information about these shootdowns of objects over the past few days. And one of the concerns Mike Lee expressed, you know, why can't we see? Why are there no visuals that were presented to us of what these things are? Why did we not use different aircraft? To address these was this really overkill I think a lot of people have raised that question it's kind of insane isn't it the way this entire matter has been approached one of the other interesting revelations that we have come to in the past few days it seems that our military folks had been able to track this balloon they actually saw it all the way back in China. They knew it was coming. This to me is, this is inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. And so it's interesting to hear Mike Lee compare, again, this is a conversation with Glenn Beck this morning, compare dealing with this real issue as opposed to whatever these other things are the past few days. Um, here again is Mike Lee. It's, um, it's safe to say that we, we did know before this thing hit the United States that it was in the air. Uh, it, uh, we, we were aware of it, and uh, uh, we knew what was happening. And so at that moment, they really should have brought the thing down. And it, at whatever moment they, they realized um, that it was coming on into the United States, and that it had the ability to collect data, uh, they should have brought it down. They, we kept hearing last week about the fact that, well, you know, we, it wouldn't have been safe to bring it down over the United States. Nonsense. Bull crap. Look, even at 60,000 feet, these things don't have a glide capacity. They're balloons. And so if you puncture the balloon, it's going to head straight down. Now, yes, there's a debris field, but there is a lot of space between Alaska off the coast of Alaska, uh, 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 to be clear, and the rest of the United States, where there are miles and miles around, where there are no people. And that uh, they should have brought it down. Here's what I think, Glenn. What I suspect is that these were make-up calls. They were compensating this last weekend for what they didn't do the previous week, which was take bold, aggressive action. Only they took the bold, aggressive action, it seems, on the wrong objects at the wrong time. I think that's the best summation of what has happened the past few days. I think that's what's happened. They dropped the ball on the China balloon, and now they want to come across as strong. We're defending our skies. And what they're doing now is just simply overkill. Dealing with things that probably don't even require this kind of response. By the way, another senator reacting to this Senator Marco Rubio stating that only about 1% to 5% of the material in the Senate's classified briefing on those objects needed to be classified. 
He said 99%. Let's be fair. Let's try to be generous. 95% of what they share with us, that briefing, may be classified, but it doesn't need to be. There's nothing classified about it. Later, commenting on the shooting down of the three unidentified objects. Was it the smart thing to do? The answer is, I don't know until we know at least some more attributes about what it was. The Chinese spy balloon, we knew what it was. We knew why it was there. And I believe that it should have been shot down before it got over Montana. These others, maybe. But we fired pretty expensive missiles at a very small object, and I'm curious, why now? Why finally start shooting at these things? Maybe it was the right thing to do. But until we know more about what they have on them, it's hard to make that. I'm not going to second-guess the view of it. New York Post story, White House not embarrassed as Biden remains silent on benign object shootdowns. And you heard the story they're floating now. Well, these probably were for some commercial use. Uh, wait until you hear the price tag on these things. Biden orders the strikes with missiles that cost $450,000 a piece. $450,000 a piece. This really doesn't make any sense at all. And now they're also trying to make sure that you understand, you know, we're not being attacked by little green men. Here is, <laughs> you'll love this. Here is the White House spokesperson who knows little to nothing. Listen up. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Um, I, I, I'm not. Would you tell us? I, I'm just, you know, I loved E.T., the movie, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> My gosh. Dear God, help us. We have a caller on the line who's wanting to address one possible reason for this distraction. Hopefully, they will hold over into the next hour. We'll get to that call and much more as we continue. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, an independent voice for liberty, an oasis of sanity and civility, a breath of fresh air, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And we are back with our number two. We've been talking about these objects shot out of the sky, and we have very patient Winston out of Gastonia, very eager to jump on this subject and a possible theory as to the reason the administration would want to promote distractions. What would they be? Good morning, Winston. Good morning, Good morning Vince. Great, great to be in the batter's box. Hey, Vince, would you agree with me that we have a proxy war with Russia and also that we did, the CIA did knock out the Nord Stream pipeline? I can agree uh, with the first thing for ago. sure. I, I have questions about the second item that you mentioned, which we okay, will talk was, more about. I was watching Judge Napolitano, and he had a good interview. You, everybody can see it on YouTube. He was interviewing an ex-CIA uh, agent that got his information from Cy Kirsch. Uh, I guess he's a, a uh, one of the uh, operatives in the CIA, and it's ironclad the CIA took it down. My point is this. We have a proxy war. Putin, he's, he's got to get his digs in somewhere. Is there a possibility? Sabotage. We always got to look at sabotage. It, you know, taking out infrastructure is it, one of the cards played in the deck of war. Also, that um, this trunk line of communication that went out in Europe today, which basically put all the travel, the airlines, in lockdown. We're living in a very fragile situation. And for the government to put this look up in the sky, it's a balloon. 
This is the, a distraction, Vince. Who do they think they're dealing with? Very uh, gullible people. That's what they believe they're dealing with. And and I want to be very clear here. I'm not necessarily endorsing or embracing what you've communicating here. You are communicating here as uh, as fact. But I think there are questions that have been raised that uh, that because of the government's untruthfulness, I think we have to wonder whether there is something that may have taken place. Um, that this government was involved in that um, they're not willing to acknowledge. You're talking about you're talking about the the, the train train derailment and how comes we don't? No, not the train derail. I'm talking about uh, Nord Stream. What you mentioned, Nord, Nord the possibility you know, that there was some involvement by the United States. I I can't completely dismiss that. I can't. I wish I could. But I, there are people and there are government people, and I want I'm going to make this point real quickly. There are people in government. Who would like to be able to dismiss this as a possibility, and they aren't sure, they're not confident enough that they can dismiss it either. So, go ahead. Well, the infrastructure package, these billions of dollars that we put into infrastructure, yet we have, it's, it's kind of like 1950s technology. Why aren't all these rail lines have all the high-tech sensors, communications, or whatever, that can relay the information? And it just boggles my mind. Why aren't we? Why aren't we playing with a full deck? Why aren't we? We supposedly have the greatest military. I hear we've got the best military. We got the best military money can buy. Yet we allow stuff. You know, we 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 look like we're fumbling the ball too much, Vince. But we're fumbling the ball. Putin's over there. He has a war stance. He's getting. He's getting uh, information. T- oh. Ukraine's getting tanks. U.S. is sending tanks. Britain's sending tanks. What do you think Putin's going to do? He, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll uh, get some of his guerrilla warfare. The guerrilla warfare. You know that goes back. You know, yeah. you hit they, him. You hit him below the belt. You hit him where they're not looking. You hit. You cut the communication lines. So, all I'm saying, Vince, is the United States. We better watch out. I'm. It's not. It's not a. I'm not. I'm not uh, uh, predicting anything, but God forbid. God forbid. Yeah, God forbid. Winston, uh, very much appreciate your call, your patience uh, in waiting to uh, talk with us this morning. Let's go out to more South Carolina and Ron. Good morning, Ron. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, thank you, Vince. Um, hope you're having a good day. Um, I just want to. Uh, it's not, I know you're not talking about it now, but I just have a. It's a true story. I was a superintendent on a construction job and a big, pretty big job. And uh, it was kind of chilly out. And we had 55 gallon barrels set up around the job site to uh, burn scrap wood and stuff so the, the guys could keep warm. And, uh, and this one guy went and took all the scrap plumbing pipes scraps from the plumbers which were PVC pipe and uh, he threw them in the burn barrel and I had one guy that had asthma on the site I had 14 men I had to shut the site down because that that smoke and the fumes from that PVC uh, PVC pipe polyvinyl chloride and I had to shut the job down for the day because everybody couldn't breathe. And that was just a little Eey. a little pile of scrap PVC plumbing pipe. And, uh, you know, so, they're, they're not uh, these people that, uh, you know, after this train wreck, because uh, that smoke is heavier than air, and it, it stays down. It 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 doesn't, and uh, it it's pitch black. I'll tell you what: if you ever see a house burn that has vinyl siding on it, <laughs> I, I was on a fire department, and when you see that black smoke and the fumes coming off of a piece of PVC pipe or polyvinyl, anything made out of polyvinyl chloride, it's deadly. It'll choke you. It'll it'll, and I've seen it with my own eyes. 
Yep, I, I hear you, Ron. Uh, we'll very much appreciate your call. I think a lot of people would certainly have concern in that kind of situation. And and the folks in uh, East Palestine in Ohio, uh, I think they have a lot of con- cause for concern and a lot of questions about what is the real threat to their health. You know, it also caused me to remember, you remember the discussion we had back when Joe Biden decided to pull the plug on the Keystone Pipeline? And one of the things that was communicated, oh, well, just, you know, one of the most efficient ways we can transport is by train. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's, it's, there's not a lot of really solid thinking going on here, is there? You know, it's a great idea until you see a situation like this unfold and the environmental concerns, which you know they will, they will absolutely blow up. You know how these folks operate. Still to come on the broadcast, we're going to uh, change course a bit. One final story on this balloon saga, what China is threatening, but closer to home. We'll talk about what is happening with our teenage girls. This is information you need to go know, especially if you are a parent. We'll talk about it as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, Bloomberg reporting China. Warning of retaliation against the United States over violations of its sovereignty, potentially escalating the lingering dispute. Just as top diplomats from both nations plan to attend a security conference in Germany. At a briefing, the foreign ministry spokesman repeated Beijing's view that the Chinese balloon down by a U.S. jet off the South Carolina coast this month had inadvertently floated over the country. After being blown off course, (laughs) criticized the Biden administration's decision to take it out, said the move would have consequences. China is strongly opposed to this and will take countermeasures against relevant U.S. entities that have undermined our sovereignty and security to firmly safeguard our sovereignty and legitimate rights and interests. Ooh, I'm scared. Now, I do have to tell you, I'm a little bit concerned. What might they do? I'm concerned mainly because of who is in the White House right now. And I don't have a lot of confidence that we uh, have a president who will be able to stand up to the communist Chinese government. Just being straightforward, honest about that. All right, folks, I want to come closer to home, talk about our homes, talk about our daughters. Disturbing report from the CDC. Teen girls are caught in an extreme wave of sadness and violence. This story reported by NBC. Overwhelming wave of violence and trauma. Never before seen levels of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among high school students in the U.S. By the way, before I say anything else about this story, I do believe a significant factor in all of this is social media. And I believe that young ladies are more susceptible to this than probably young men. Sexual attacks and other traumatic experiences have led to an unprecedented level of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among America's young women. Our teenage girls are suffering through an overwhelming wave of violence and trauma, and it's affecting their mental health. Results from the CDC's 2021 Youth Risk Behavior Survey show some startling trends. Nearly three in five teen girls, three in five, said they felt persistently sad or hopeless. Oh my gosh, that's the highest rate in a decade. 30% said they have seriously considered dying by suicide. That's a percentage that's risen by nearly 60% over the last 10 years. 
And I think much of this, as I've said, is I think you can probably draw a straight line to social media and its impact here. Dr. Deborah Howry, the CDC's chief medical officer, said as a parent to a teenage girl, I'm heartbroken. As a public health leader, I'm driven to act. To act. This survey, conducted every other year for three decades, includes responses from 17,232 U.S. high school students. Overall, more than 40% of boys and girls said they'd felt so sad or hopeless within the past year they were unable to do their regular activities like schoolwork or sports for at least two weeks. When researchers looked at gender differences, girls were far more likely to report such feelings than boys. I don't think that's surprising at all for a number of reasons. LGBTQ students and students who had any same-sex partners were more likely than their peers to experience poor mental health. One of the other things cited here, it was so striking to us the consistency with which girls were faring more poorly than boys. At least 52% of teenagers who identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, or questioning said they struggle with mental health. Survey did not ask whether a person was transgender. LGBTQ kids experience much more interpersonal stress from schools, from peers, and from home. That word from a licensed psychologist, director of the Suicide Prevention and Exposure Lab at the University of Kentucky. The CDC survey found that more than one in five such youth, 22%, had attempted suicide within the last year. Stigma and violence toward LGBTQ teenagers largely, largely contributed to their poor mental health. Now, I just want to interject something here, and I know some people are going to disagree with this. I am convinced there is much more on these subjects I don't because I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with the LGBTQ stuff. But I do believe a good part of their trauma and their struggle, much more of this is internal than it is external. I'm convinced of that. But I digress. In 2021, 22% of high school students seriously considered attempting suicide during the previous year. Female students more likely than male students to seriously consider attempting suicide. Dramatic rise in violent behavior, targeting girls in particular, stark finding in the report. One such assault received national attention this month. When a 14-year-old was attacked as she walked down a high school hallway in New Jersey, video of that incident posted online in an attempt to make fun of her. And the girl died by suicide days later. Sexual violence. Also up. One in five saying they'd experienced it within the past year. Isn't this crazy? We're talking teenage girls here. 14% said they've been forced into having sex. That's a jump from 11% of teen girls who said they've been sexually assaulted in 2019. At the briefing, one of the things they mentioned, for every 10 teenage girls you know, at least one of them, probably more, has been raped. This is chilling. The survey also found alcohol use continues to decline. That can be an encouraging thing to focus on. 23% of high school students saying they drank alcohol in the past 30 days in 2021, compared with 39% in 2011. Only 16% said they currently use marijuana, compared with 23% in 2011. 12% misused prescription opioids, down from 14%. 2019 and 17. 
Now, the survey did not ask students about reasons for their feelings of sadness or thoughts of harming themselves. Anxiety, depression increased among teens during the pandemic. This trend has been building for years. Love to get your thoughts, especially from parents, on what you believe is going on here. Let's talk about it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Before the break, we told you about a CDC study indicating just how much our young ladies are struggling right now. Some of you may have awareness about these situations personally. On the text line, Vince, my heart just breaks for the family. The 14-year-old girl who took her life due to bullying. This is one of the many ways social media has become poisonous. I just hate bullies. One of many reasons why I'm too scared to bring children into this cruel world. I don't know how I'd be about the ability to take all this on as a parent. Fully understand that, Jeff. China brainwashing our youth on TikTok. Isn't hard to follow the dots. Parents, get your kids off these sites. Spend one-on-one time with your children. You pay the cell phone bills. Get control. Amen. Might the mental health issues being experienced by young girls also be traceable to the current essentially canceling of their identity by classifying all sorts of social aberrations as women in deference to the woke crowd? Yeah, there's a lot of confusion out there. Whole lot of confusion. Vince, of course, social media has a lot to do with this. It changed everything, sadly. We've thrown our kids into the deep end of the pool. We've thrown them into an adult world before they're ready. They have everything available to them one click away and have been exposed to too much. It's not normal or healthy. Parents, stand up and keep your kids away from this toxic social media. Vince, the problem with these kids having mental issues has more to do with living outside of reality and trying to make it make sense. Because you and I know it doesn't, does it? Not in the least bit. Oh, man. What a challenging time to be a parent. I'm so glad that I'm at the end of this journey in some ways with my youngest being 18 years old. We'll take a couple of calls on this, beginning in Charlotte with Jim. Good morning. Welcome, Jim. Hey, Vince. Uh, last night on Kirk, I called called a guy talking about a book he's just put out. I'd like to get your feedback, and maybe if you haven't seen it or read it yet, you could do it in a future show, How to Save the West. And as a preamble, preamble to the book, which may be a part of the title, log off and go to church. And I got to, in the, I heard a little bit of the conversation, Vince, about um, our affluence, I guess, has given us all these wonderful things and time and freedom. But uh, what do we do with it now kind of concept, you know? And I'm old enough, Vince, when I remember my parents taking me to church, and it wasn't so much as a religious uh, you know, worship type thing as much as it was for younger people, just a place to go and socialize. Social, yes. And and I just think that was a profound part of my youth and growing up. I'm 76. I grew up back in the 50s. And uh, I, I just don't see youth being, and I'm talking about when I say youth, I'm talking about from 6 to 8 year olds up to 14, 15 year olds. I just don't see that happening in today's American culture. And, yeah, how uh, how are they going to be? Every one of them's got a cell phone, yeah. a smartphone. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, and and that's just a way to put uh, gossip and you know small talk about each other 
on uh, on uh, the uh, you know on the atomic button. It just gets spread oh, by millions. <laughs> yep, instantly. I I hear you. You know, and you raised this point about what's going on in terms of socialization beyond school. Uh, take away church where many children years ago would have been connected and now what's what's in its place and i think what's filled that vacuum is social media and uh that's a very unfortunate thing that's happened along the way and our young people certainly are not better off for it not on the least bit um also on the text line, <laughs> person raising the question about something we shared earlier about shooting down these objects. Vince, on shooting down the object over Canada, you heard the first missile missed. How on earth does a $400,000 missile miss at point-blank range? Something ain't right. <laughs> I'm, you could go any number of directions with this and... I'm not sure I want to right now. I mean, there's, it's at the risk of sounding uh, disturbed, shall I say it? Ah, it is depressing. <laughs> it really is. It's like, what else is going wrong? What else in what other area? Um, let's talk about something. We talked about social media. How about media? The transition taking place, AFP reporting digital video viewing is on track to top traditional TV here in the U.S. For the first time ever, U.S. adults will spend more time this year watching digital video on platforms like Netflix, TikTok, and YouTube than viewing traditional television. The market tracker expects linear TV to account for less than half of daily viewing, dropping to under three hours, while average daily digital video watching climbs to 52.3% with three hours and 11 minutes. That milestone driving... Uh, basically, it's driven by people spending more and more time watching video on their biggest and smallest screens, whether it's a drama on a connected TV or a viral clip on a smartphone. These habits have definitely changed, haven't they? Given teens' preferences for social and streaming video over TV, these trends will certainly shift in favor of digital. Netflix and YouTube are neck-and-neck neck leaders when it comes to digital video audience attention. With U.S. adults... Tuning in for about 33 minutes daily on average at each platform, according to Insider Intelligence. Live sporting events becoming available on video streaming platforms, also helping to shift away from traditional television, as is the popularity of shared video clips on apps. TikTok, a key driver, with the average amount of time spent there daily by U.S. adults climbing sharply. According to Insider Intelligence, this is not a good thing because you know who is behind that particular app. The Chicoms. TikTok. TikTok versus Netflix will be a major trend to watch this year. The lines between social and entertainment have blurred. TikTok now coming for the bigger screen video players. The CEO of TikTok is going to testify next month, by the way, before U.S. lawmakers, where the Chinese social media app faces accusations. It is beholden to the Communist Party in Beijing. <laughs> Haven't we already known that? That's not a revelation, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Wow. We have this on the text line. Hey, Vince, we're tired of hearing TikTok is bad. TikTok is the Communist Party spying on you. Americans are not buying, if that's the reason. Their viewership is increasing. This is all politics. I love TikTok. I don't have a problem with the Chinese. American business and politicians. 
It's what took all of our jobs over to China to start with. Everybody's spying on everybody. So what? Okay. One perspective about TikTok. All right, Chris, time for us to take a look at the day in history. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I hope you are. Not bad at all. We have seven items here. Some I will pose to you as questions. Beginning in 1898, we had the USS Maine exploding in the Havana Harbor. 1903, we have the start of a trend that continues to this day. And it has a connection to a famous president. One of the favorite things to give to children, it's also given to uh, partners. People love these things. It started in 1903. The first items of this type were sold. They are a certain animal that everybody loves to cuddle, and they're named after a president. Oh, Do you know what I, they are? No. It's a president who has a relative who became president later. It's the teddy bear. Teddy Roosevelt. 1903 is when the first ones, very first ones, were sold. This president escaped, interestingly enough, an assassination attempt in Miami in 1933. If I remember correctly, this is the nephew of the person we just talked about. Uh. Who was it? It was Roosevelt. FDR. FDR. I didn't know there was an assassination attempt that occurred, but there was indeed. 1965, this country to our north adopted the maple leaf flag as their symbol. Canada. It is Canada indeed. 1967, boy, this was a time when we were getting in deeper and deeper. 13 U.S. helicopters shot down in one day in Vietnam. 1998, Dale Earnhardt Sr. won his first Daytona 500. He'd been working at that for 20 years. And then 2003, we had millions of people coming out to protest in a day of action because of our involvement in Iraq with that war. You remember that happening. All right, I'm going to get a little risque, Chris, because this story... When I read this, I thought, ooh, boy, this is weird. But it's so weird, I had to tell you. Business Insider reporting on this. Zookeepers stumped when a female gibbon got pregnant while alone in her cage. It took them two years to figure out how this happened. It's not an immaculate conception, by the way. Gibbons, by the way, are they, they're kind of like monkeys. White-handed gibbons got mysteriously pregnant at a zoo in Japan 2021. The mom, Mamo is the mom's name, so protective of the baby, it took years to identify the father. Now, this species typically mates for life. So they're now going to move Mamo in with Ito, the father. Isn't that a wonderful story? especially the day after Valentine's Day. So now to the mystery. How in the world did this isolated animal get pregnant? <laughs> this is so weird. You pay off a guard. That's how <laughs> you got conjugals in the zoo? Yeah, probably so. She had this habitat all to herself. Two years later, they figured out what happened this zoo and botanical garden located in nagasaki they announced last week dna testing showed the father of mamo's child was ito a male gibbon who was held in a separate enclosure it took us two years to figure it out because we couldn't get close enough to collect samples she was so protective of her child cute little thing by the way just absolutely adorable here's what happened are you ready for this guess so the zoo believes the two gibbons were able to mate due to an area adjacent to Mamo's cage that both she and Ito took turns occupying whenever one was put on display for the public. The zoo discovered a tiny hole measuring nine millimeters in diameter, less than a centimeter. 
in the partition board that separated the display area and Mamo's cage. And that was enough? That was enough. <laughs> they mated while one of them was in the display cage. That could be anybody <laughs> on the other side of that wall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? They said this mating behavior, unprecedented. And that gibbons are usually paired more intentionally after being exposed to each other. Now they're going to put Ito in with Mamo and the baby. And they've replaced that wall with a hole, by the way. So <laughs> that's not going to happen again. <laughs> Is that not hilarious? You also have to give these gibbons credit for being together for life. Maybe us adults can learn something here. It's all the time we have. Have yourselves a great day and God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.